title of this morning's message is simply this. Me, with an exclamation point, it is me. Okay? Me, it is me. And we got to realize that generosity, it is with us. Or if there's a problem with generosity, it's with us. It's not on God's side. If there's an issue with generosity, it's not on his end. Amen? If there's an issue with generosity, it's not on God's end. It's either we have a problem receiving or we got a problem giving. And I find this with the body of Christ more often than not, is we have a greater problem receiving than we do giving. Therefore, we lack being able to give because we haven't received. Come on, get with me on that. That's good. See, we're quick to give everything out of our pockets. We're quick to give it to the community and everybody else. But if somebody were to come up to us and say, I want to give you something. Oh, no, it's okay. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. I'm okay. You're stopping kingdom from moving through you. And many times the body of Christ has a greater issue receiving, and that's a pride issue, come on, that we got to deal with so we can freely give it. Listen, if somebody comes up and gives you a $100 bill and you say, no, 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 I can't take that. If you don't want it, just pass it on. (laughs) Receive it. Don't hinder their giving. Quit hindering what God's trying to do through generosity. He's trying to get you something, and if you don't want it, pass it on. <laughs> Listen, I, I haven't met one person yet who had a problem receiving a re-gift of a $100 bill. <laughs> have, you ever ha- have you ever had that? I've never met a person who had a problem uh, receiving a re-gift of a $100 bill. Y'all know what re-gifts are, right? You, when you get something you don't really want, you just re-gift it. <laughs> I, I've never seen this person just say, no, I, I really don't want your re-gift of a $100 bill. We must begin to receive so we can then pass on the gifts of God. Some of you need to receive your calling because there's souls waiting on the other side of your obedience. Some of you need to receive the anointing of healing on your life because there's somebody who needs a healing on the other side of your receiving. And we must begin to receive as the body of Christ. And so the purpose of this series is not for you to give, but it's for you to get a gift, receive a gift, so you can go freely give a gift. And the other purpose of this series is to have the spirit of mammon broken off your life. And that's simply where we rely on anything or anyone other than God himself. Now listen, God works through people, but he's always our source. God works through your employer to give you a paycheck because you work hard, but God is still your source. And if you're wondering why God will allow ungodly businesses to keep prospering, it's probably because they have some believers working there, and that's how God is supplying their source. Okay? So don't get mad at ungodly business people. Pray for them. (laughs) Quit dogging on them. Pray for them. And watch what God can do through them. So we want the spirit of mammon broken off your life. I love what Winston Churchill says. Generosity, we make a living by what we do. We make a life by what we give. And it's time as a church that we start doing and saying what we actually um, say we believe. Because if we're not active with what we say we believe, we really don't believe it. We can say we know, we can say we believe, but if our actions do not correspond with it, we really don't know and we really don't believe it. And so we as a church, we say we believe in generosity, so we're tearing up the cost of everything on free day. We're not just going to say it, we're going to do it. Amen. We're going to be generous. We're going to bless we're going to change what, the way Sulphur Springs views generosity, amen? amen? Not Sulphur Springs, the world. Amen. And we're going to watch God do something amazing in our life. And we've got to remember Jesus even said this, Acts 20, verse 35, says, It is more blessed to give than to receive. But many times there's a motive within us called the mind motive. And I'm recapping a little bit from last week, or the week before last message because we had a guest speaker last week. The mind motive that infiltrates everything of our life where we think it's mine, 
but it's really not mine, it's his. And we must begin to operate as it's all his and deal with the motives within us of mine. And the motive of mine is really an expression of the spirit of mammon on your life. And mammon promises what only God can deliver. Listen, a, a great car promises fame and fortune, but only God can deliver influence. See, God's not into fame and fortune. He's into influence. How many people can you influence for his kingdom? Okay? So mammon promises, but only God can deliver. So when we put our hope in things such as houses and cars and nice things like that, and there's nothing wrong with having nice things, but when our hope and our security and our confidence and our ability uh, seem to come derived from the things that we possess rather than the God who gives, we have a spirit of mammon issue in our life that we must turn back to God and say, God, my confidence, my gifts, my talents, everything I have, it comes from you and so they're freely to be used for the kingdom of God in our life. And we must begin to use them in such a sort. And so tonight, this morning, as we jump into this morning's message, we must deal with two areas and we must develop two areas. Everybody say, I'm going to deal with it. So we're going to deal with two areas of our life today. And then we're going to develop two areas of our life today. Amen. And now when you're dealing with it and you're developing it, those aren't always the funnest things kind of like working out when you're in the midst of it it's not so fun but the results you get afterwards you kind of like that's why you keep going back unless you're crazy like me and you just like the pain okay so we're going to deal with it but then we're also going to develop in it because if you deal with something and don't develop in it you're dealing with it will go back to the way it was and you won't really change but if you deal with something and then you develop in something the development overtakes the dealing with it and you grow in christ and God begins to do amazing thing in your life. And so as we deal with something this morning, the first thing we got to deal with is we got to deal with the selfish heart that arises before giving. Okay? We must deal with the selfish heart that rises before giving. So the first two things we're going to deal with, we're going to deal with what happens before we're generous, and then we're going to deal with what happens after we're generous. Okay? So now that we're in the part of before being generous, if you're about to give somebody an amazing gift, you must deal with the selfishness or the self-issue, remember if there's an issue with generosity, it's on our end, not God's. If you're going to give somebody an amazing gift, such as healing, and there's a lot of people who struggle with laying their hands on people and praying for them to receive healing because you think they don't deserve it. It isn't about whether they deserve it. I didn't deserve to be born again, but God saw fit to do it anyway. I don't deserve all of heaven, but God says it's yours. So freely I received it, so freely I'm not going to judge it. I'm going to give it. And if there's an issue with thinking somebody deserves it or they don't, we got an issue with us of selfishness that we got to deal with because we're not the ones who should place judgment on whether somebody should receive a gift of grace from God. Amen? And watch how God begins to work. So we must deal with us. We must deal with the motive on the inside of us of selfishness. And we must be very um, uh, careful with the promises of God. Because if we're ever giving with the motive of getting something in return, we're not giving and we're not being, we're not being generous. We're being selfish. If I am to give a gift to my parents because I know that in a few weeks they'll give me something back, I didn't give out of generosity, I gave out of selfishness because I gave expecting them to give back to me. Or saying, if I give to them, now they're obligated to give back to me. We must deal with selfishness. And if we don't deal with the self, the us, the issues on the inside of us, when we give, we're not giving out of generosity, we're giving out of selfish motives. 
And too many times the promises of God, God says, if you'll do this, he will do this. And the only reason we do this is because we're looking for what he'll do for us, not what we're supposed to be doing to change the world. See, the promises of God are true and we can bank on them. They're going to they're come to pass. But if our only motive is what we're getting out of what we're doing, then we need to change our motive. If the only reason I preach is to get applause, then I'm not preaching out of the right motive. If the only reason you lay your hands on the sick is so you'll get a pat on the back later because somebody got healed, you're not giving out of generosity, you're giving out of selfishness, and you got issues to deal with on the inside of you. And I'm not saying God can't use you and won't work, won't work through you, but you're missing the blessing of generosity in its fullness if you're giving out of selfishness, if you're getting out of what you can get. And so we must, as the body of Christ, give. And that's it. See, y'all are waiting for and. No, no, that's it. We must be generous. And that's it. Because God's word is true. But if we're generous and we're saying, I'm generous because I'm going to get this back, we're not generous, we're selfish. And we must begin to deal with the self-issue on the inside of us. And if you, if, if you put contingencies on your giving, whether it be money, whether it be things, whether it be talents, whether it be abilities, if you put contingencies on it, then you got a selfishness issue. you got an issue with your life that we must begin to deal with on the inside of us. And I like to say it like this, and I'll repeat this over and over over the next two weeks, and I said it the prior week. You have to teach kids to share. You have to teach adults how to be generous. And I used this illustration two weeks ago. You don't have to teach the kids the word mine. <laughs> that for somehow it just pops into their psyche and they know it. <laughs> And when somebody takes their toys, like, no, that's mine. No, it's mine. I had it first. But we see adults doing the same thing. The offering bucket comes by. No, it's mine. I had it first. I worked hard for this. We got, a, we got an issue. No, it's mine. They don't deserve healing because I know what they did last night. I saw them out. Well, you were obviously out too. I didn't say what you're doing being out. I said you were out too. And if we get stuck in this mentality, and it's not just generous and that's it, we got self to deal with. So we must begin to look internally because many of us are missing the blessing of generosity and you give week after week after week. You give financially, you give with your gifts, you give with your talents, and you're not seeing something in return. And so you're missing the blessing because you're waiting for the return and if you're always waiting for return on investment, you're entering into business negotiations. And God's not a business negotiator. He's generous. And he gives. And he pours it out. And so, listen, Joel's got to deal with the issue itself. And, there's, and, 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 and I'll be very, very transparent this morning. In ministry, there's always the issue of self that you have to deal with. And I'll be, and I'll even tell on myself, okay? A, a struggle that I have. And, and it's not near as bad as it used to be. And, and, and now it's almost broken off completely and I'm so excited about it because it makes ministry so much more fun. When you can celebrate when other churches across the street are growing like it was your own church growing, you're overcoming self. 
Because I, I don't know if you've known it or noticed it, and some of you may not have, and I praise God if you didn't. But church is the most competitive business I've ever been in in my life. And I don't know why. Because 75% of the population of Sulphur Springs is not in church this morning. There's a huge market. Why are we competing over the ones who constantly come? We got 75% who don't. But when you can celebrate in the midst of ministry, when other churches are succeeding, or when you see another minister operating what you've been praying for for 10 years, when you can celebrate with that minister and say, praise God, I'm glad I see God do it in your life, because that means he can still do it in mine. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. When you can celebrate like that with another minister, I mean, you're getting past the points. And then God can freely use you because it's generosity and that's it. And so I don't want to stand up here on this stage and you guys think, well, Joel has this down. No, Joel struggles with some issues still. He struggles. And I got to go before God on a daily basis and say, God, I give you these struggles of mine. I want to give and I want to do it generously and I just want to give generously. That's it. Because it's not about me versus the next church or the next pastor or the next ministry down the road. It's about is Joel going to stay in his lane? Is Joel going to run his race with perseverance, the race marked out for him? Because it doesn't matter if I'm competing against them or not. My race is in my own lane. It's not against the other churches in other lanes. And listen, I've got to stay in my lane. You've got to stay in your lane. And be generous with your lane. And give to those who come in contact with. And watch what God can do in your life. So we must begin to deal with us. And there's a selfish motive. And and I want to read to you out of the the book of Deuteronomy for a few minutes. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse number 9. And it starts out, it says, Take care, lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart. And you say... Okay, so so it starts in the heart. It says, take care, guard your life, lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart. And you say, the seventh year, the year of the release is near, and your eyes look grudgingly on your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cried to the Lord against you, and you be guilty of sin. See, if you're not generous with what God's given you, the Bible says you're guilty of sin. See, the seventh year was the year of release. If there was a person in Israel who was broke or bankrupt, a person could hire them in and take them in. And on the seventh year, they had to release them with all the stuff that they had earned and go. And the Bible's saying, if you as their master are noticing that the seventh year is coming and you start holding back from them because they know you know they're going to leave with your stuff, you're guilty of sin. It says, take care and guard your heart, lest the thought come in your life that, oh my goodness, I've got to pull back in and be selfish and be guilty of sin. It says, you shall give to him freely. Everybody say freely. And your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him. Some versions say your heart shall not be grieving when you give to him. Because the Lord your God will bless you in all the work of your hand and all that you undertake. Everybody say, that's me. me. See, the blessing of God wants to come on your life when you give freely. The second thing we got to deal with, the first thing we got to deal with is selfishness. The second thing, we must deal with a grieving or grudging heart after we give. Selfishness comes before we give, but then we give freely. Then after we give, we must deal with a grieving or grudging heart. 
And that's what verse 10 is all about. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging or grieving. You give to him, because this is the Lord your God will bless you in all the work of your hand. Have you ever experienced buyer's remorse? You went and bought something, and the next day you woke up, it's like, oh my God, what did I just do? <laughs> we just made the stupidest decision ever. <laughs> we actually have that story in our life. <laughs> We've done it before. And, and, we're just, and you feel empty because what mammon promised, it didn't deliver the next day when you woke up. And you felt empty, and you were scared, and you're like, what do I do now? We can't afford these payments. And you have buyer's remorse. But the same thing happens when you have giver's remorse. There are people, and the body of Christ many times deals with it, you have giver's remorse. You give freely. And on free day coming up in a couple weeks, okay? I pray that some of you give the biggest gift to the kingdom of God that you've ever given financially. I pray that you're planning now. I pray that you stretch your faith. I pray that you give and you give generously to the kingdom of God and watch God begin to bless all the work of your hand because you gave freely to his kingdom. Amen. Come on now. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all need to receive that because some of y'all got nervous, already had giver's remorse before you even gave, so you're actually dealing with selfishness. And I said, we got to deal with it. Okay? I pray that some of you give the greatest gift you've ever given in two weeks. And so God can bless all the work of your hand and open up the floodgates of heaven for you in a real mighty and supernatural way like never before and watch him do something amazing in your life and how awesome it's going to be. But you must deal with this great step of faith that you're about to take because some of you, when you get done giving, you're going to be like, where's that? Where's the excitement? Where's this big hurrah? Where's the big boom? Where's all the fireworks I'm supposed to feel inside? Where's all this amazing feeling? See, you're looking for the feeling. And the feeling's not in what happens after. The feeling's in what you do during. The blessing is given. It's nothing else. It's nothing else. Oh, dadgummit, honey. I forgot a $100 bill that I was supposed to get this morning. Thanks, Ronnie. Ronnie just gave me a $100 bill. You want to know why he was so quick to give me that $100 bill? Because I gave it to him before the service. <laughs> it wasn't his in the first place. So it was easy for him to run up here and give it. The reason some of you have a problem giving is because you think it's yours. And when God says, give, you're not quick to say, where's the offering bucket? I want to put it in there. Run, run, run. Because you think it's yours. Ronnie didn't have a problem sprinting up here because he gave me what was mine. I don't have a problem giving when the offering bucket comes by because I'm giving God what's his. It's not mine in the first place. Come on. And the reason we have a grieving heart after we give is because we come to the conclusion, oh, it was mine. Or at least you thought so. And when you know and come to the realization that it's all his, you can give it. And then the joy that comes with giving. Because you know that you received it so you can give it, not you didn't receive it so it's mine and I'm sticking it in my pocket and nobody's ever going to see it again and I'm going to spend it on the lust of my flesh and whatever I feel like doing because Nordstrom's is calling my name. 
Come on. Or if you're a man, Bass Pro Shop has been calling. It's deer season. Come on. And the problem is, all along, that you thought it was yours in the first place. And Jeff mentioned it perfectly the other day at offering. When I give an amazing message, I have no problem saying, thank you, man, God did it. He was so awesome. Because I know it wasn't my word in the first place. It was his. It's been his all along. I'm just the conduit that it comes to to go through. And it's the same thing with finances. It's been his all along. I'm just the conduit that it comes to to go through. And so if you struggle with a grieving, giving heart, griever, or, or giver's remorse, I call it, after you give, it's because you think it's yours. And this $100 bill cannot satisfy what only God can deliver. This $100 bill is way more valuable as a seed sown than it is stuck in my pocket. And I want us to truly think about when is the last time you gave something huge and you felt empty afterwards? Because it's a real deal. It's a real deal. And listen, when you, when you minister and you give, um, when you give words or when you lead worship and, and the power of God falls, when you get done giving it, if you don't realize that the joy was in the actual giving of it, in the moment of it, when you're done, you feel more empty than you've ever felt in your life. And I call it the Sunday afternoon crash. And if I don't go get in the presence of God on Sunday afternoon, I'll wake up Monday morning feeling empty. Because it's not so much that it's giver's remorse, it's that after he gave and it flowed through, I got to go back and get a refill. Same thing happens with gifts and talents and finances and whatever else there is in your life. And so you defeat giver's remorse by realizing when you're giving, that's the joy you're supposed to be experiencing. And I love it. That's why when I'm up here, I am so passionate because this is it. This is my one moment in all of history that I get to expand the kingdom of God. And I'm going to do it to my best ability. And I'm going to give you everything I got. And I'm going to pour it out. And I'm going to watch God do something amazing with generosity. And so we must begin to deal with the grief or the, grief or the grudges that develop inside of us. And so if we got to deal with selfishness before giving, we got to deal with grieving or grudging after we give. And even years down the line, if you give somebody a gift and you see them years down the line and say, I gave them something one time and they've never even said thank you or paid me back, you, you got to deal with it. You got to deal with the grieving or the grudging that comes with giver's remorse. Because I love giving to people, and I love freely giving, and I love seeing them the next day, and the next year, and the next 10 years, and not even thinking about what I gave to them then, it's what can I give to them now? How can I bless them moving forward? What do they need from me? What can I pour into their life? What can I speak over them? What can I prophesy into them about? What can I give them? How can I be generous to them again? And it changes your world. So you must deal with selfishness before giving. You must deal with a grieving or grudging heart after you give. And now we must develop two things. Everybody say, I've dealt with it. <laughs> now I'm going to develop in it. We must develop. We must develop a generous heart which gives freely 
and joyfully. And like I've said, you've got to teach kids how to share. You've got to teach adults how to be generous. In Luke chapter number 6, we love the, the ending of it where in Luke 6, 38, it says, Give and it shall be given back unto you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. It'll be poured into your lap, and we love that. But we got to realize the whole chapter of Luke deals with giving. Luke, it starts in verse number 30. It talks about give, and you give to those who ask of you. You give to those who can't pay you back. You give to those who don't deserve it. You give mercy to those who do you wrong. You give kind treatment to, those who, and to, to others and hope that they give it on. You give, and you give, and you give. And then in Deuteronomy chapter number 15, verse 14, it goes on down to say, and you shall supply to him liberally or freely from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press, from what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give it to him. Ooh, that's good stuff. So it's saying literally what it's saying. I know you work your butt off 40 to 50 hours a week. I know you do. You are hardworking, God-fearing people who work your butt off. And that's awesome, and I love it. And God says from that, listen, from your hardworking of your flock or your job of your threshing floor or what you do or your wine press or what you make of your hands, from what the Lord your God has blessed you with, the ability to gain or to get wealth, the Bible says, from that ability God's given you, you freely give of that to others. And you change their world. Luke 6.35 says it, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend, now listen to this, I, 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 never, I never caught this before in my life until studying for this week's message. Hoping for nothing in return. Oh, Lord Jesus. That brings it to a whole nother level. That's not expecting something in return. That's when I give to Damon, and I give him, and I bless him. And I do need his back for second service illustration, right, okay? No um, just a second. Just second service illustration. Okay. All right, all right. And I give to Damon... I'm supposed to leave not saying hopefully he'll give that back in a couple weeks because, you know, that was my birthday money and I'm being generous. And that really was my birthday money and I'm being generous, okay? okay? All right. And I'm really supposed to just give it to him and leave like this. I hope he doesn't give it back. I hope he doesn't give it back. It says to lend hope for nothing in return. God, let him be blessed. Go. And you need to run from your gift that you gave him because you're hoping for nothing in return. Because if he's the one who pays me back, I got my payment back in full measure. But when he's the one who pays me back, he gives it back good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. He pours it into your lap. Come on. So when I give, I'm supposed to do it hoping for nothing in return. And when I read that, I said, God, I, I haven't quite got there yet sometimes. I haven't quite got there yet sometimes. But I'm supposed to give. And Luke 6.35 says, to my, even to my enemies, hoping for nothing in return. I must develop in that. I, I've got to develop in that area of my life. And so as I give, I must develop. I must develop a generous heart. And lastly, I must develop a grateful heart, which acknowledges God as my source and my supply and my provider. I want to read Deuteronomy 15, verse, uh, chapter 15. 14b and verse number 15, and it says, As the Lord your God has blessed you, you shall give to him. You shall remember that you are a slave in the land of Egypt, 
And the Lord your God redeemed you and brought you out. Therefore, I command you this day to be generous. And listen, listen to this term. It says, you shall remember. That term means literally, like I said before worship, to call to remembrance. To physically think back in your life. To call to remembrance of what God has brought you out of. He says, remember, call to remembrance that you were once slaves in the land of Egypt. And I, God, was so generous to you. I brought you out to a land flowing with milk and honey. To a land called the promised land that you're in. And so because I brought you out of slavery, you help others get out of slavery. And literally, as as somebody mentioned to me during worship, remember, it's not just a term of think back. It's a covenant law binding term. That when God says remember, that term remember in his eyes says I remember in the Garden of Eden when they sinned and I gave them clothes of animal skin to cover their sin and their guilt. I remember when I cut a covenant with Abraham on the mountain when he gave his one and only son and he was generous. I remember my covenant of the new covenant with Jesus Christ and he shed his blood. I remember. So God says I remember. So God is calling us to come into that covenant and says you remember and remember my son and how generous he was and how he brought you out of depression out of lack, out of brokenheartedness, out of pain, out of sin, and he was forgiving when we didn't deserve it. Remember those days because when you remember that, you'll freely give it to the kingdom of God. People say all the time, Joel, how are you so passionate about you? I just remember. I remember who I was when I was six years old when my family moved down to Texas with nothing and we were bankrupt and how God brought us out. I remember the time when they said mom's got cancer and God brought us out. And when they said mom had it again and God brought us out. And when dad had a stroke and God brought us out. And when my wife wife lost her baby and God brought us out. I remember those things. And I remember my covenant with my God. And so God says, remember, Joel, all the things I've done for you. And when you remember that, God, all I have is yours. I'm giving. I'm generous. Take everything. It's all yours, God. In fact, I hope for nothing in return because I've already got more than enough with Jesus. I've got my way to heaven paid for already. I've got my sins already forgiven. I've already got my heart healed from a tragic loss. God, you've already done enough. You, all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. God, I hope for nothing in return because you've done more than enough. You've done too much. I don't deserve what I've gotten already from you, God. And so with that, God, I freely give. That's why I was so big this morning on, do you need a miracle? Because I've already got mine. I've got mine. And I'll give you everything I have so you'll get yours. What do you need? I want to give it to you. I'll pray it down from heaven. I'll call it in. I'll spend hours in my prayer closet. What do you need? Because I've got mine. He's given me more than enough. In fact, he's given me too much. And I hope for nothing in return. And so I develop a generous heart and I must develop a grateful heart because I remember where I was at. I remember when he called me when I was in second grade. An insecure little boy who was scared who had self-esteem issues. I remember what God's done in my life. And when I was broke and bankrupt and had nothing, he said, plant a church. Plant a church. 
and give me your life and watch what I can do. I'm going to close with this. Worship team, come. Ministers, come and begin to pray. Giving is the ultimate expression of love. I said that two weeks ago. Giving is the ultimate expression of love. But generosity is the ultimate expression of God's heart. Generosity is the ultimate expression of God's heart. So I want to give because it's the ultimate expression of love. But I don't just want to give. I want to do it generously with all that I have, with everything that's within me because it's the ultimate expression of God's heart.